Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. The Jericho Network on Westwood One. X-Pac 12360, featuring weekly news, insider commentary, and interviews with superstars, past and present from the world of pro wrestling. A new day is dawning for DX. And now, your host, Sean X-Pac Wolfman. Welcome to X-Pac 12360, everybody. I usually say everyone. This time I switched it up. Yeah, gotta switch it up sometimes. All right, so uh, anyways, got Jimbo on the couch, got Denise yes. up here at the table. The crew, yeah, the crew is a little bit, uh, it's a little bit light today. Uh, Johnny, Johnny, is Johnny he's doing in Pakistan. His, oh, in Pakistan. I thought he was. I think doing he's his, doing a comedy show in Pakistan. He's I thought doing, he was going to Afghanistan. No, no Pakistan. Pakistan. But he also has a comedy. Especially recording coming up, and I don't. I think that's November eleventh yeah. at the Brea Improv. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So Johnny's not here, uh, but and there's you know we have a lot of things to talk about though. So Denise is um, usually great about getting all that organized. Yay! Props, <laughs> <laughs> props. Yeah, I'll take I'll take them. So, but real quick, first before we get started with that, the WWE Network is an online video streaming service where you can stream every WWE pay-per-view live, watch more than 10,000 hours of video on demand and get a look behind the scenes with WWE's groundbreaking original series and documentaries. This is good stuff, Mark. Is hey, I, yeah. I, I, good. I'm glad you like yeah. it. And so, yeah, this is the we're plugging WWE Network right now. It's yeah. it, it's a great offer. You know, yeah. they, they usually offer the one month, but but we we have an excellent yeah. offer for our listeners. Yeah, and uh, and the, and I was just uh, when we got this earlier, I was just thinking about um, you know how much I love some of the new content uh, that they put on, on the hidden gems. Like back when I was a kid, there was this huge like legendary feud, but. Tommy uh, Wildfire Rich and Mad Dog Buzz Sawyer in Atlanta, and you know on championship, Georgia Championship Wrestling, and it culminated in this cage match at the Omni in Atlanta, which is basically the Madison Square Garden of the South. And uh, so they had this big cage match, and it was you know uh, the last battle of Atlanta it was billed as, and all the footage was lost, and so now it's all up on WWE network at um uh you know at the hidden in the hidden gems section and there's no commentary on it. So uh I think I'm gonna do uh a ride along. A watch along? Yeah, watch along whatever the yeah. hell you call it. So yeah back to uh back to the live read here. Uh you can access it anywhere, anytime and on any device including game consoles, TVs, phones, tablets and computers. I watch it on my phone. I watch, like, if I'm in Uber, you know, on the way to the airport or something, like, I'm on my phone watching, like, WWE Network or, 
you know, my phone's like a TV now. So, uh, uh, anyways, yeah. Now through October 29th, a special offer just for our listeners. New subscribers get a two-month free trial when they sign up for WWE Network at wwenetwork.com slash xpoc. That's two months. It's usually one, right, Mark? That's correct. Yeah. So it's two months. If you uh, sign up uh, for WWE Network at wwenetwork.com slash xpoc. And as always, if you uh, sign up using that uh, promo code, Jimbo will send you an uh, autograph picture. I'll get that right out to you right away. Signed by me. Yeah. This time we won't get all Twitter confused with yeah. all the messages and stuff trying to line everything up. I'm sorry, Jimbo. It's I was okay. trying to make it easy for I, you. I made it work. We got tons of fans that are happy that they all got their pins and their stickers. Jimbo's waiting for me to pay him for the postage. <laughs> Did you get the picture of the long receipt? Jimbo had a receipt that was longer than me. Jimbo says, uh, lesson learned. I'm saying, lesson learned with my money. Oh. Jesus Christ, Jimbo. Anyway. <laughs> No, not a big deal. I'm I, honestly, Jimbo. I'm. Ha- it's a couple extra bucks. Well, more than a couple, but it's worth it because um, you know I'm grateful to everyone out there listening and watching. Yes. So uh, if it's a couple extra bucks to ship you guys a pen, then I'll pay it. Oh, and people were so excited. They were sending pictures. I'm sure you saw them, pictures and stickers. It's really cool to see the community from the fans that watch the show and see them, like, be happy about it. Back to the library. (laughs) (laughs) Back to the WWE Network uh, because I'm so grateful to them for sponsoring the show. And and it really is. Like, this isn't part of the library. This is me just spewing stuff. Like, it's it's honestly the best uh, value entertainment value out there like if if like if if by chance like wrestling is is something that you really like then there is no better value uh for the dollars in wwe network and i've said that and i've been a paying customer since day one day one i've never asked them hey can i get a code you know free you know no i love it i love wwe network and i'm all over it by the way and i still pay for it so, and I'm happy to do it. Comes right out of my debit card every month. <laughs> True that. So, yeah, this two-month free trial includes the following pay-per-views. This Sunday's WWE Evolution, the first ever all-women's event where superstars from the past and present take center stage and make history. Ronda Rousey defends the Raw Women's Championship against Nikki Bella. Charlotte Flair takes on Becky Lynch in the first ever last women's standing match for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Kari Sane and Shayna Baszler battle for the NXT Women's Championship and many more. Huge fan of Shayna's. A huge fan of like all the ladies these days, actually. Uh, but extra big fan of Shayna's. I have been since she first got signed. And uh, watching her journey has been really cool. And her and Kari Sane have amazing chemistry together. Uh, anyways, November, November 2nd's Crown Jewel where... For the first time since 2010, Shawn Michaels comes out of retirement to reunite with Triple H as DX to take on the Brothers of Destruction, Kane, and Undertaker. (laughs) Okay, Survivor Series on November 18th, where superstars of Raw and SmackDown clash for ultimate bragging rights. On December 
Shit. December 16th, WWE tables, ladders, and chairs. For nearly a decade, WWE TLC has been one of the most highly anticipated pay-per-view events of the year. From the WWE and World Championship Unification match in 2013 between John Cena and Randy Orton to Kurt Angle becoming an honorary member of the Shield in 2017. WWE TLC never lacks in excitement, intrigue. But regardless, uh, yeah, go to wwenetwork.com slash xpoc to start your two-month trial free. Yeah, you can't miss it. Yeah. So in, okay, it wouldn't work. I was going to say cancel your subscription and then re-sign up for it no. with the X-Pac thing, but it no, don't work it that way, does it? No, doesn't work at all. <laughs> no. That just means you got to go tell a friend who doesn't have the network yet to go sign up so yeah. they get two months for free. All right. There you go. I think especially right now with all the pay-per-views that are coming up, all the shows, Evolution, Crown Jewel, Survivor Series, you name them, this is the perfect time to get this code activated for yourself. Yes. Definitely. All right. Go to www.network.com slash X-Pac to start your two-month free trial. All right. Shit. Mark that box. Moving on. <laughs> well, moving on, basically this weekend on Sunday, the NWA held their 70th anniversary show at the fairgrounds in Nashville, Tennessee. And a lot of news came out of that show. First of all, starting with Willie Mack winning the national title. Guys, major props to Willie Mack. I think he's an incredible talent. And now, you know, more people are being able to see that. Yeah. Good for Willie. Huge fan. Like, okay. Do I have to always say I'm a huge fan of everyone? I mean, you, you are a huge fan of everybody. <laughs> you know, I, I am a big fan of, of everyone out there busting their hump these days, you know, to make wrestling better. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think some people know, people that have been, you know, following me for a while that I have, you know... Um, history. History with Willie. I've known Willie since he was a kid in high school. Biggest kid in his class. So... <laughs> Uh, yeah, no. Uh, Willie Mac's story is is um, you know I, you know it's 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 a it's a classic story of coming up from nothing you know like less than nothing at times yeah you know like I mean even like just a few years back like some of the shit this guy's had to go through or that not that he's had to but that he he's had you know overcome that he over that he had overcome and and you know. Um, and getting some um, staking his claim in the wrestling industry right now. Good for you, Willie. I love you, my friend. I'm really happy for you. And I'm a big fan of that North American uh, championship belt. I like the old school feel. Uh, uh, so many of the belts look so similar these days, you know, that it's just nice to have something that looks different. Yeah, know? that looks different. Yeah. So now, let me ask you, with Willie Mack, he was essentially the second most over guy on that card besides Cody Rhodes or behind Cody Rhodes. So do you think that it would be smart of the NWA to sort of, you know, I guess, really, well, I mean, obviously with him and winning the title, pushing him to the moon and make, maybe even becoming the next opponent for Aldis? Um, Not the next. Definitely not the next. Because Willie needs to be a... Uh, a he needs to be a fighting champ and defend the title. And like, if you're going for another title, like it's really hard to 
have champ- you know what I mean? Like, right, no, of course. Just like, like just the but way. But eventually, eventually, you know? Yeah, you would think, right? Because, okay, this is how it always used to work in the NWA. When I was growing up in, in Florida, the Florida heavyweight title, like Gordon Sully would always say it was a stepping stone to the world heavyweight championship. Just like that, he would say it. Because Jack Briscoe. You know, there was different guys that had before they um, became the world. You know, Dusty Rhodes, Jack Briscoe. So it was how they got that title over. And that's kind of what they're saying, you know, with the National Heavyweight Championship. But, um, uh, uh, but like, saying that and then actually doing it are two different things. It's a good thing to say, but not actually a good thing to do. Always. Like, maybe eventually, but... You know, if you do that and like you you win, then okay, you have to have a tournament for the national championship, and well, that brings up different possibilities, though. I think it'd right? be too soon. I think they're going to let it breathe and yeah, let yeah. him have it for a while. I'm wondering if he's going to be able to tour with this title like I'm the pre- champion does. Sure, like he will. the the NWA champion. Like I'm pretty sure we're going to see him defend this all over the U.S. Why give it? Why make him the champion if if not to exactly. do that? Exactly. It's yeah. that's what this is all about. Like, I mean. Uh, it's the same with Cody, when Cody was going around in different places and like, I mean, and did he did. already like? I mean, he, he uh, Cody uh, defended the NWA title against Willie. Yeah, at Ring of Honor. Yeah, in Vegas, I think it was. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, the good thing is that Willie has already made the rounds, obviously, in Indies and all of that. So he has faced a numerous, numerous different types of opponents. So if it's anybody that can have a good match with pretty much anybody, I think it's Willie Mack is a great option for that. Yeah, so what do you guys think of the, of the, you know, the tournament? I'm just happy that he won and it built great. Uh, him and Samuel Shaw were the final two. Right? Yeah, and I thought that was great for Samuel Shaw too, who's another guy that like TNA had potential with, but didn't really capitalize on. And to see what he's doing in NWA is great. I thought it was an awesome show. Yeah, tournament. I thought one of the people that definitely shined was Sammy Guevara. I think that we, right now, like literally since last year or a few years, in recent years, I feel like I've been hearing his name more consistently. And I'm telling you, every time I've seen Sammy in the ring, I am absolutely amazed by everything that he can do. And it's so crazy because he's so young and he still has like such a bright future. Yeah. So I think that those were, for me, he was like one of the standouts and kind of is on every show that I've seen him on so oh, far. Oh, he's excellent. He's excellent, and he's still a young kid, right? Oh, yeah, he's like in his early 20s. Yeah, and that's there's a couple things about Sammy. Uh, he is amazing. Uh, when you can do just about anything, uh, everyone knows you can. Like, I remember like something that was said to me one time, everyone knows you can shoot a gun. You can leave it in the holster now like a little bit more. You don't have to take it out. And that, maybe that's not a good analogy totally, to use I for totally this. I see what you mean. But, like, right from Jump Street, the first thing he did was this flippity-doo thing where he almost didn't didn't land it, you know, right out of the box. And, and I mean, he, he got it, but I'm not sure if you guys even know, but it was the first spot that, that he did okay. of the night. And I'm just like, you know, when you start off like that, and if you miss that first one, it, you're off to a bad start. And so we should, like, that was just, my like, something I saw. And, like, that kid is amazing out there. 
But I think it uh, just, takes time, right, to kind of like wheel that in, because that's something that yes. a lot of people would tell AJ Styles when you would get into the ring, like it's, you do too much, you do too much, wind it down, that sort of thing. Yeah, and I said this when we had Brian Cage on last week, actually while he was on, I talked about because he asked me, hey, did you do you think I do too much? Some you know people say that I do too much, and yeah, some people think you do, and they're not wrong, like necessarily, you know. But you got a big like still, it's amazing, you know, just. It'll work itself out, you know. But just be mindful that, like, yeah, you don't always have to turn everything into something, you know, amazing. It makes me think of your handspring into the ring story. Like when you would do the handspring yeah. in the ring and then you fell on your I ass. I fell on my ass. Like, never doing that shit again. Yeah. And you learned over your years of, like, whittling down what yes. moves really need to keep mm-hmm. in your arsenal. Yeah. So I think Sammy, Sammy, like you said, he can do everything. Yeah. Like recently at PWG, he jumped off the balcony. Did he need to do that? No. Did anyone care that it was done in the third match and it should have Is been he a baby face or a heel? He's always a heel. Like, cause he that's just, what I thought, just right? That cocky douche. Yeah. That's I was just going to say, it's got to be, right? Yeah. Okay. My favorite thing about this tournament was all the, the promo videos that the guy sent in showing, like, who they were in this tournament and how different each one was. Sammy's was very, like, millennial uh, Twitter social Yeah, but, media like, heavy. so how could you, like, you couldn't hear him, though. Oh. I, I watched them on the Twitter feed in the 10 Pounds of Gold. Oh, I thought you were talking about like on the broadcast oh, itself. Oh, no, yeah, I'm talking about the high videos before that. Yeah, no, no we yeah. they showed those. I think something like that, like in the beginning, and, and there the was some technical difficulties. Yeah. I heard yeah. there were lots of technical difficulties. There were with there lighting were, and whatnot too. I don't know about the lighting. I wasn't actually. There were some things. The like, lights were off, I believe, from the top, which usually like everybody that runs there has had the lights on. So that was another thing where people were like, "Oh, we couldn't really see people or the audience very well." Oh, I thought it looked great in there. I thought it looked great. I'm a fan of the dark... Uh, the blacked the, out crowd? Yes. Yeah, as a matter of fact, that was one of the things I was going to mention that I thought that uh, I don't remember ever seeing that building look quite so good on, on camera. Mm. That's uh, and I mean, I've seen it look pretty bad on camera <laughs> in, the, in TNA's early days. When they first moved there, from, they had their TNA had their first like pay-per-view special in like Birmingham, I think it was. Uh, and then, so when they moved to the fairgrounds, they didn't have like, you know, like in their, they didn't, they just didn't have like things staked out too well. And the first one looked absolutely awful. And then when they got the cameras and the camera angles and the, you know, hard camera set in the right place and they got things switched up a little bit for the next show it looked like a, a totally different building i think that i think i heard that jeff jared like even painted the walls inside yeah. so to make it look better you yeah. can't have white walls in your background or like corrugated steel in the background of your because i mean the building is a giant shed basically i mean it's that's not even going to be around anymore they're tearing really? it down that was the last probably the last wrestling that's ever going to be there wow yeah so yeah no you've got to you put a black curtain up or paint the walls or something to get that, you know. If you're going to run TV or something like that. Yeah, it looks like shit when you have the, you know, the white 
anyway looks like someone's house it looks bad <laughs> like someone's yeah. House. yeah yeah well another thing that was very impressive that a lot of people are also talking about is jazz so jazz defeated penelope ford to retain the woman's title and basically people are talking not only the fact that she was impressive in the ring but the promo that she cut as well yeah. she just basically like i'm a badass still a badass and some people are saying that they saw something of her that they might not have seen in wwe she felt more um i guess you can say more of a presence like a very like yeah that's not new to me because i i and it's not like her and i were close but we were around each other and, and so like uh and she's a great lady it, but that's that what you're talking about right there if you if you know her like that's how she is like i mean that's the kind of she's a madass and uh and she still looks great out there and i was real happy for her and i'm so happy that uh, it wasn't just a, hey, let's go try to hand this belt off to somebody new, you know? Because um, they could have easily done that, yeah. but they didn't give, they, they said like, hey, we're going to give this woman a try. Yeah. And so, you know, this makes me also think, um, think about the commentary and Jim Cornette, he did a great job on commentary. There was a couple of things where, you know, I knew he was going to shit all over the reverse Hurricane Rana thing. Like I knew it. I knew it <laughs> because like, so yes. Bad. Um, and then when Jazz talked about where's her shot at the ten pounds of gold, there was n corny was nowhere to be seen, like as far as you know, you know, commenting on that because I, you know how much he loves intergender wrestling. Yeah, that would so. be crazy to see her go up against all this. That would, it would be wow. something something so, new for something sure, something different, and something people would be talking about. And I'm hoping. Because I thought when they put Penelope against her, I easily was like, oh, Penelope is a huge up-and-coming star. Mm -hmm. This is their way to pass it to somebody that's going to tour around with it like they are kind of with Willie. And when she won, and then she's like, no, nah, I'm here. Yeah. I hope she gets another run, like a PCO-style run where she's just getting booked everywhere and everyone wants to see her. And maybe even WWE takes notice and is like, oh. We could use you. Well, yeah, because had we done a poll, like who's going to win this? I can almost guarantee everybody would have said Penelope Ford just because of that that mindset of, oh, let's pass the torch sort of thing, you know. But they didn't. And I think that I think Jazz kind of brought like this new. When I saw them standing in the ring at cor in each corner before the match started, she looked like a sacrificial lamb getting ready for the slaughter. That's what it looked oh, like to me. Yeah. And it looked like she knew it, too. Going into the Hunger Games or something? <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the other things that people are talking about as well is the promo that was cut by Magnum TA. And I feel that this sort of, I guess you can say, revives that whole, you know, promos from nowadays don't compare to the promos from back then because, you know, we have these legends that are basically just, like, knocking it out of the park. And I feel like he made he made the title seem like a lot more and did a lot for that, for that battle in like the short amount of time that he did that promo it wasn't a promo he was just talking he was speaking on on the like he, he was speaking to what was going on and uh you know it, and it, promo like the the word promo like yeah we do use it like just pretty sparingly like not sparingly we just throw it around a lot for any anytime someone's on the mic talking and you know uh, but that, like, for me, a promo is like kind of you're putting on a show, or you're you're putting. There's a performance aspect to it, like a, you're supposed to be promoting. Yeah, what you're and to sell. and you know, there's some drama and all that, and and it was just so much more like of an authentic 
you know, uh, just speaking from the heart. Yeah, just riffing about like what's going on here and how great it is to be a part of it. And you know, um, wow. It, I don't know if you guys know any of the you know Magnum story or whatever. The car accident. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he was going to be the man, like oh, legit. Yeah. He could have actually been like the game changer in uh, making the NWA WCW like. You know, he had everything. Yeah, just I mean the look, the Marlboro Man look. uh, You know, uh, just the ruggedly handsome and good in the ring. You know, really good in the ring. Uh, So yeah, it was it was nice to. uh, um, It was great. He did a really good job. He did a really good job. I thought Rory Funk Jr. did a great job too. <laughs> oh man! Well, yeah, because Billy, what did he say? Billy Corbin. Billy, Billy Corbin. Yeah. <laughs> because Billy Corbin hired him or whatever. That was Billy hilarious. Corbin. I didn't know that the guy that made Cocaine Cowboys owned the NWA. <laughs> it was just that it happened right after he was called yeah. Rory. That was so funny. Yeah, it was just like a back-to-back sort of thing. Hmm. Well, so now I want to ask you, you know, like you said, okay, that wasn't a promo. He basically spoke from the, from, from the heart, knew yeah. what he was supposed to say. There was that no sort fictitious storyline shit that they were forwarding. It was just right, all real. Exactly. And I know like what, two weeks ago, we talked about the Kenny Omega press conference thing, same thing. So now do you think that that's part of the issue that maybe because, you know, wrestlers are being told like hit these bullet points and say them, but it's more like. You want to make sure that it's actually coming from within, so that they know the character, yeah. they know it. Do you think that's what? Do you think the younger guys that don't do as well with the promos have to take note of somebody like Magnum TA or any other legends to sort it's, of up their game? It just comes with experience and having something to say. When you're younger, you don't have a lot to talk about. Like you haven't done shit yet. You know, like so. Any like a lot of times when you're talking yourself up. And putting yourself over when you're younger, you're making shit up. You know, that hasn't happened, or you're talking about things about yourself that aren't real, like that aren't really. Saying the same things over and over. And it's just, yeah, and it's just like once you have life experience, it's there's just so much more power behind your words, you know, and you can just feel it. And, And you feel the authenticity. In the words that come out of somebody's mouth, like a Magnum TA who's been, you know, or just anyone that's that has a story and has been around a long time, you right. know. So that's a huge part of it, Denise. Now there are people that from Jump Street, from the time they came out down down the chute, that from their mom's womb, they could cut a promo, and you know those people like they have that gift of gab, and you know they can come up with shit like like a Roddy Piper. Yeah, you know, so, um, and not everyone's going to be a Roddy Piper, and you got to find you out there, you know, not everyone's going to be a clever catchphrase guy. (laughs) Clever catchphrase news person guy has a sign out. Well, speaking of a story, we had part two of Cody versus Aldis, and I don't know if you guys expected this title change to happen with Cody dropping, the, losing the belt after, what, 50 days, I believe is what, how, how much he had it, and Aldis retaining. Two out of three falls, we had first, it was the first win was by Aldis, the second one was by Cody, and then the third one was by Aldis. It went almost 30 minutes. People have said great things about this match. They actually really liked it. A great, uh, great uh, not precursor, second follow-up to their first mm-hmm. match at All In. What did you guys think? Uh, it was an excellent match. 
and kind of knew. Well, I don't know. Like, I kind of knew it was, the belt was gonna, the title was gonna uh, change hands. I kind of knew like, this is how I think that went. And I'm gonna like, you know, they decided at the beginning of this that. You know, okay, okay, Nick, you're a guy. Like, we're gonna go with you for this, and we're gonna stick with you. And you know, and so that's like kind of a commitment that was made. And um, you know, that was before I think that was there was any thought of like you know an all in uh, NWA title change and Cody Rhodes being potential NWA champion. And um, you know. It reminds me, in a way, of okay, in the WWF, in you know, back in the days, uh, when they put the title on superstar Billy Graham, Vince Senior did, and but it was with the the promise was to Bob Backlund that we're going to make Bob Backlund champ, you know, and uh, so we got to get off of Bruno, put it on. Superstar and then get it over. But Superstar got over so huge, it was just crazy. Like, he should have, they should have kept it on. Like, that's a huge thing, you know, like that people talk about. Oh, what if they would have kept it on Superstar? You know, they did the wrong thing. Bob Backen was incredibly over as the champion, too. Um, um, but that was a promise made, and like, it was second, like, to this day, people say it was a wrong thing to take the belt off a superstar and put it on Bob. Uh, but it was a promise. And I think there's a similar thing here. Does that make sense? Am I just talking oh, no, too much? definitely. You know, so to like, where it was kind of a promise. Like, We're going to give it back to you, Nick. Dave Lagana was like, yeah. all this, we need So you. in spite of what on surface is, it just seems like obviously, like, would have been a better business decision maybe mm-hmm. to keep it on Cody. And I think oh, yeah. there was some, like, well, we kind of, you know. Well, I feel what you're saying also, or what I'm kind of getting from this, is that looking at it in hindsight, for, okay, so first off, for All In, it benefited them to have Cody win the bout because you had the moment that everybody was talking about, like, oh, Cody and his dad, and oh, my God, he had finally had his moment. So you had that talking point, which yeah. is what they wanted from the show. And then, you know, NWA had their 70th anniversary show, and they needed something to obviously get people interested, get people wanting to watch the show. So, A, why not bring one of the top guys right now in wrestling, Cody Rhodes? So I feel that both both parties, I guess you can say, saw, saw this as a as yeah. a you know a business point a business yeah. thing but i think for the fans i think they were kind of like oh well you know i was pretty excited about cody having the belt yes. you know yes oh no for sure that's part of the whole thing i'm talking about here with the people the people you know it, superstar was over huge he was a heel that people loved like i, I mean it was yeah, you know, I'm still comparing the superstar thing to no, Cody it because makes total sense. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, this has nothing to do like 
I don't know. I think I'm talking so, in circles here, so I look, think. So let me ask you, Sean. So now that Cody is not champion, do you think that this is because he wanted to keep more? Because as of January 2019, he's a free agent. Yeah. So do you think that maybe he just kind of didn't want to, you know, make sure to cut ties with people so that he can go and do something else? Or maybe he has a game plan? Or what does this mean for the future of not just Cody, but the Young Bucks and Kenny? Is this any sort of precursor or something that can lead to something else? Any sign of anything? Maybe. I just think that... Ugh, I'm kind of at a brain, at a brain fart here. I'm I just, just think Cody... I personally thought Cody would keep it for a while and keep getting eyes I on didn't. NWA. I didn't. I knew it was... I could just tell this was one of these this kind of like things. Just the hit on this yes. popularity and then move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of, and, my, one of my favorite pieces of information that I found out is like Dusty with the NWA World Heavyweight Championship is such an iconic image. He held it three times, but for less than 120 days total. Yeah. So that I think that idea of following in his dad's footsteps could be a thing as well, where maybe Cody holds it a couple of times, but for not as extended of a period. It was back in the it was back at a time where the champion needed to be a heel. Yeah. You know, or like most for the most part, like the Right, like the champion. I mean, you could have the babyface win here and there, like they would do, but the touring champion needed to be a heel, and so that's why, um, that's why Dusty only held it for you know short periods of time. And I just remember the one time was in while they were like you know in W in the early I think it was early WCW stages. Mm -hmm. Like yeah, right, maybe after. When did he win the title for the last time? 85? I don't know. I can just picture that classic promo. I'm looking it up now. Belt. So... Well, who knows? It can, it may mean something. It may not mean something. Because another one of the other things that I was thinking that was like, oh, maybe ROH only gave them a certain amount of time with yeah. Cody. You know, you you just don't know. And I mean, granted, the other thing is that they are having the Crockett Cup, but it's not going to be until next year. So I mean, I think that's just like too 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 much in advance to you know commit to holding the belt for mm -hmm. so long because you don't know when their actual next event yeah. is going to be exactly. So that also plays into it. But one of the things that I think we should also touch base on is anybody that's been on on wrestling news sites or internet or re reading the rumors or all of that stuff, one of the <laughs> things that people have also been rumored talking about is the possibility of Chris Jericho and Jim Ross starting their own wrestling promotion, being supported by some billionaire with tons of money. So I don't he's know. The owner of, he's the owner of the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, wow. So, yeah. yeah, he's got cash. Yeah. And people assume that I know what's going on with this. I keep my... I don't, I mean, you know, I'm connected with Jim, connected with Chris, connected with Barry Bloom, who's like kind of, you know, seems to be, I haven't even talked to any of them about any of this. Well, I you think know? people are getting so, excited because it's all falling into yeah. place. All these guys are open with yeah. their contracts and then there's that possibility. Yeah. And anytime you can add, you know, money to the, anyone, anytime someone's like willing to step up and throw, you know. Huge money into into starting up a wrestling company, like not just willy nilly, like you know some money mark shit. Where hey, let's just take this guy for a ride and you know do a couple of TV tapings, quote unquote, you know, and then everyone gets some payoff, and then the guy goes broke. No, this is different, and uh, and especially if Barry Bloom's involved, trust me. So uh, we'll see what happens. I purposely like have not asked. 
And, you know, people might be like, oh, it's, you know, why don't you ask so we can have something to talk about? But, like, it's a weird thing with me because I have, to, you know, it's just like my relationship with WWE. And, you know, so I'm always afraid that I'm going to say something out of turn, uh, you know, that maybe I shouldn't have said. So that way, if I don't, if I'm not on the bat phone to them, like, I can say, hey, I, you know, you didn't know. I, no, it's not something like you told me in confidence that I, you know, told everyone. So it's weird for me, especially with the show, you know? Right, with exactly. the show that we're doing right now. Yeah, I think people just get excited. <laughs> if this federation was something that did come about and they offered you a position, would you like to be like a backstage agent or maybe a on TV persona possibly? Yeah, you know, I'm always up for things, you know, if, if being a part of something that's done well. I, I don't want to be, like, a part of some bootleg, you know, thing. And nothing against the bootleg stuff that people do, but, like, you know. Something no, that's really going to serve a purpose. And yeah. People have really put it in order to know that it's going to work. Yeah. So, I'm, a, you know, I, I, I'm open to things. At least having a discussion. So That'd be awesome. But I, it's... Anyways, what else is going on, Denise? Well, that's pretty much what I wanted to talk about. I feel like with ev- with the top guys being Kenny Omega, Cody, and the Bucks right now, I think everybody's kind of like, well, where are they going to go? I feel like 2019 is going to be a very exciting year because yeah. you don't know if they're going to you know, take however millions or whatever and go to WWE or are they going to or my personal opinion and I figured I would share it with everybody I was like okay so my personal opinion honestly is I think that there's a big chance that we might be seeing Kenny Omega go to Impact that's just my opinion because of his good because he's good friends with Don Callis Mm -hmm. and also because um Kenny Omega has said, and he's he's said this on the show, he said this on other places too, that he wants to change the world. He wants to be a different type of champion. So I think to myself, well, why not take this, I guess you can say risk, go to Impact with a guy like Kenny Omega. I feel like that would raise Impact's like stock like so much higher. And I think that he knows and he knows that he would be doing the company like a big thing for them. So that's why I was just like, okay, well, what is the future for all the guys? We don't know because there's so many different things. Like there's so many different options. Yes. Yeah. And it's an, it's, it's an interesting time for the wrestling industry right now. Um, I think we're going to look back at this time and it's going to be, uh, you know, um, well, I mean, obviously, this is the the front end of a big wrestling boom, in my opinion. So, like, you know, all these things, and you know, it's it's just gonna be interesting to see how everything plays out. Where, like, okay, a year from now, where is everyone going to be? You know, what's the landscape of the wrestling business gonna look like? Um, you know, uh, what promotions? Because there's so many promotions, right? And so many of them are using the same talent, right? So, like, there's got to be something figured out there, a system, you know. Like, there kind of is a system in a way. It's just not a system. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's like there's no real coordination with the all the different promoters out there, a few of them, I think. You know, but uh, – uh, and then, you know, have you talked – have you um, – did you notice the tweet that, uh, that, that Cody Rhodes sent out about, you know, how – the a lot one. of the people like that are in charge of running things are, are grossly uh, like you know um, out of date. No, they was just, it the one about the promoters? They're incompetent. 
Uh, you're incompetent, and like that, and that you know, it's time to take. Yeah, that. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, do we even have? Can we look? Hey, let's take a break real quick, Mark. Yes, sir. Let's take a break uh, real quick, and let's let's reset, and then uh, we're gonna come back in a second, and uh, and you know, and further this discussion because there's some, uh, you know, there are something more things to talk about here. You got a boss? Here we go. All right, we'll be right back. We're back on X-Pac 1, 2, 360. I bet you, you needed me to tell you that because you weren't, you weren't quite sure what show you were listening to. Hey, some people could have a lapse of memory. Like, what was I listening yeah. to? So, no. And so what we were talking about before we went to a quick break there was, uh, uh, was something Cody that, that Cody Rhodes tweeted out. And, um, I and, have the tweet here if you want yeah, me to read it. Yeah, you want to read it? Uh, wrestler, wrestlers have never been more talented and responsible. The people in charge of wrestlers have never been more clueless and irresponsible. Need to band together. Yes. And I couldn't agree more with Cody except for, okay, that's a blanket statement. That doesn't really apply to every single like promoter out there, but there is just a glut of people that fall into that category. That I really, like, okay, like... It, yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree with Cody more. The wrestlers these days, and, and that's the part, the main part, okay, um, is the responsibility that the average pro wrestler uh, displays compared to, you know, how we were in the past. You know, we had guys, if guys miss a show these days, it's because there was some screw up with the airline, uh, like uh, David Starr. You know who David Starr is? Uh-huh. Yeah, he's had a few mishaps with airlines trying to go work overseas recently. Uh, that suck. Uh, but that's what happened. That's why people miss shows. You don't hear about, you know, okay, some guy's on a crack binge, so he didn't make it to the show. Like, And now everyone's like, what the F? You know, it doesn't really happen as much anymore. And I think that has, I think that's a little bit of what Cody's talking about right there. Okay, and just the like, um, you know, uh, just like those guys, you know, like just getting shit done, and 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 having ideas, and 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 you know, taking charge of things, and and being their own bosses, and uh, and it's just, I I think there's only, there might be, and I'm not trying to put myself in Cody's head. Well, maybe I am a little bit, but there. I lose my train of thought. I was going to say, do you think Cody and Bucks and people like this are looking at people in power above them and thinking, like, what the why, fuck? Why is this? Yeah, so who hard are for you, you to when, fucking? You know, when we just ran, yeah. this huge arena sold out over eleven thousand seats, and we did it all on our own. Yes. There's three dudes with no like promoter license and blah blah blah, just because we've been in the business and we've learned from yeah. what we've done. Yes, you know. Yeah, I think, um, and I think it's maybe just also being in control of your own destiny. Yeah, you know? which is another tweet that came out. Tyler Breeze tweeted like, uh, "Like your your shot has to come eventually, right? Like your no. chance has to come eventually." And Cody tweeted him, "No, man, you need to go out and take oh, this my your God. opportunity." That's what he said. Your opportunity has to come eventually, right? And Cody was like, "No, man, you need to go out and take it." That's I was thinking when I saw Cody respond to him with that, I was like, "Yes!" Like I almost like I almost dropped in on that and was like, "Yeah," like but I'm like, I don't need to. They don't need me to, you know, drop in and give my thumbs up. To the tweet, you know, like, uh, but I was so happy to see that because, yeah, um, you're look, you could wait for your ship to come in and it may or may not. 
and and there's a good chance it may not. So like, yeah, if if you want to sit and wait for your opportunity to come as opposed to go and take it, and that's on you. Like, and don't but don't cry when you're fifty some years old and and you're like, oh, I, w- I could have done more, and you know, and you're complaining about you know how much you. you where you think you could have done in the wrestling industry. Well, here's the thing, too. Perfect example. How many guys don't we know? We can name off a few that, you know, they weren't necessarily the top guys in, in a promotion or something like that. They weren't given the right opportunities. What did they do? They went around, made a bigger name for themselves, and grew, reinvented themselves. Cody Rhodes. There you go. Willie Mack. Exactly. No, but like Cody Rhodes. So many names. Cody Rhodes. Look, he was in WWE in the Similar position as Tyler Breeze, not quite the same, but you know, a high high concept character sort of a thing. Yeah, and and just floating around in the kind of the mid, you know, mid card or depend upper mid whatever. Um, so okay, you can go. Yeah, well, you can you can come up with excuses. You can say, yeah, well, that's you know, you can't just go take your opportunity here in WWE. It doesn't work that way here. Then leave. Or, or or just, you know, sit back and wait for your ship to come in. Another, that might not come in. Another perfect example, Drew McIntyre, who we had on the show. Yeah. There and you go. And he left. And he came Killed back. Him. And he's probably going to be WWE champ uh, soon. Oh, or yeah. not so, Maybe not soon, but like I said in a tweet a few months back, Drew uh, McIntyre, WWE, like WrestleMania main event in the next three years. Oh, definitely. Yeah. For sure. He's got everything. The look, everything. Yeah. And then, of course, you get people tweeting, oh, next two years, how about like, next year, next month? This is like, you know, I get it. You're a fan of his, and so am I. But things take time. And he's not quite there yet. But he will be. So. Well, I think it was a great tweet by Cody Rhodes. And yeah. I feel that we can like literally go off into like a thesis, an essay, and of all the explanations and everything that he could have meant from that single tweet. I don't think anyone's done more... For the industry in quite a while than Cody has. And, and, and all, all three of those guys. Yeah. Definitely. I don't think that's uh, like a stretch to say that at all. Not at all. Nope. Definitely agree. I mean, come on. All in alone was an example of that. So I think that we're going to be seeing a lot more, especially this coming year. I know that that was actually that's something that he said too in the press conference. Cody Rhodes, he said 2019 is going to be like, I, f- I forget the exact verbatim that he used, but he basically said it was going to be huge. But switching gears now, we actually have a clip, two clips um, from Major Wrestling Figure Podcast hosted by Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins, where they're actually talking about you, Sean, and we're going to play them now. And I know you haven't heard them. So, you know, want to get your thoughts on the two clips. Right. One of my WrestleManias, it was Kane versus X-Pac. This is the story I know. <laughs> Inferno match. Oh, and for those who don't know, the way uh, to... Can we say, kids, please don't try don't this. Don't try this. The way to win an Inferno match is to light your opponent on fire. Um, and I had so what? many... You're that? like 13, 14 doing this, right? Probably older. <laughs> Probably older. Um, so anyways, cane for X-Pac. And the whole time behind me, I had a cane just like covered, soaked in hairspray. Like covered in hairspray. This is uh. insane. And then when the time was right, I closed my eyes. I reached behind me. I did a switcheroo with the canes. And X-Pac lit that match. <laughs> I lit Kane on where, fire. Where are you? <laughs> in my bedroom. With a, car- with a carpet. 
And I'm like, what came of this? Kane lost. <laughs> that, that part I understand, but Xbox what, what was the damage? The no damage. I think I might have even took out the hairspray and like sprayed it extra to get that. <laughs> and it just went up and then it didn't stay on fire? It stayed on fire, but like I put it right out. So, what Jesus are your thoughts Christ. on that? Are you glad you won the Inferno match at least? <laughs> well, I, I actually have this false memory of having an Inferno match with Kane. That never actually happened. Is it because of the cannon fire? No, no. It was because, I think it was because when they had this giant gas grill Inferno match thing, uh, like, I was part of, of something. Like, part of a match and, and involved in a finish or something to where it was, like, freaking me out with the, with the flames. You know, because it was like this weird gas grill thing. Like, and it would just, just, you know, they would hit the button and it would go, like, you know, shoot big flames. And, and it did suck the oxygen out of the middle of the ring when you're in there. But uh, it's just funny listening to those guys because, you know, I used to take dolls and, like, okay, you know, like I was made fun of, actually, because I was having wrestling matches with dolls and shit, like, and using my Rock'em Sock'em robot ring because they didn't have... You know, a toy wrestling ring yet. So, um, yeah. Uh, So I can relate to that because I used to play wrestling figures and do that shit when I was, you know, probably not that... Probably not that long before I actually started wrestling. (laughs) (laughs) Do you ever use figures to come up with moves or anything? No. No? No. No, because that bef- I it was all that was all before I actually knew how to work and knew how, to, <laughs> how a match worked and like when you do wrestling figure little matches with each other, it's all just switching like just you know there's no psychology to a wrestling figure match. Trust me, <laughs> at all. I love it. And then here's another clip of uh, a one two three kid story from Zach. You know, my, my, my mom's phone. Why don't, why don't you just up. ride your bike over there, you lazy punk? I, I don't I don't remember exactly. <laughs> But he told me, like, yes, we have them. The Smoking Guns, Living Borga, Crush, Yoko, one to three kid. At the time, I don't think we knew this was the very last set, that it was going to be the last set. Nah, no way, yeah. And I remember when I got there, um, I picked up all the rest. My parents went over the rest, but like, hey, we can't sell you the one, two, three kid because, you know, he's short packed. He's very, very rare. And they weren't selling the one, two, three kid. So I think they were going to, like, upsell him, you know, like. So I was like, this is my chance to buy it. We <laughs> weren't selling it, right? Uh-huh. And it wasn't like Larry or Steve, one of the big bosses. It was like some other, like some teenage guy. So he was, he was going to sell it to me. But it was going to be at a higher price than the normal figures. And I forget the exact price. I of course say it was. It was. Like 20 bucks. And my dad was like, absolutely not. You are not getting oh, it for 20 man. bucks. I was like, what, dad? Are you not going to buy me? It's the one, two, three kid. I need him. He's the last guy on the set. <laughs> And I didn't have any money since 1985. I'm a little kid. 20 bucks. So, is like and this is dollars. Zach, right? Yeah. God, I can sure. picture Zach's dad, too, telling him this. And have you ever seen Zach's dad? Oh, he's jacked. He's jacked. He's all jacked, jacked up and shit. And he's like, I can just see this playing out. Go, keep going. I was on my Christmas list. That was the number one item on my list was that Hasbro green card one, two, three. Hell yeah, baby. And I remember Christmas morning. I'm down there. I see all my gifts. And I see what looks like the one, two, three kid wrapped up. And I'm, I'm saving the best for last. I'm going to leave them last. I open everything up. You know, I get some socks, get some clothes, cool video games. I'm sure I got a lot of cool gifts that year. There he is. He's waiting for me. The last gift. One, two, three, kid. The moment finally comes, I open the package. And what is it? A San Francisco toy maker, Jimmy Hart. Ah, <laughs> shit. I got swerved. I, got swerved. Oh, I didn't get the no. one, two, three, kid. I was Ooh. furious. 
Ooh, I don't blame you, Zach. Months of anticipation, waiting for this one, two, three kid, and I get a San Francisco toy maker, Jimmy Hart. That hurts. Are you? Yeah. Oh. So crazy. I can't believe. Like, I love Jimmy. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but oh shit, yeah, I can see how that might be a big letdown. And that like, was a huge, like, disappointing Christmas for him, wasn't it? Probably. He ends up saying that he ended up buying it was like the first thing he bought when he got his eBay account mm. was like your your figure. Wow. So twenty dollars for a green card figure back then. What do you think uh, one of your green card figures goes for right now? What do you mean one of my green card figures? Like, like if you were to go on eBay and buy that figure right now, how much? One, do you two, think three, it costs? Yeah, three hundred bucks at least. Do you want to guess, Denise? I don't know. Four hundred? I don't know. Mark, you want to give it a guess? I'm gonna say three fifty, Bob. Okay, so on October twentieth, one sold for two hundred and ninety-five dollars. Yeah. Not counting shipping. Yeah, yeah. so three hundred bucks. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. That's insane. Is it? That still to this day, those things are worth that much money. Well, I mean, I would imagine they go up in value. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Especially now that people are opening these. So, like, any ones that are still in the box are even worth more. When we were at the Wrestling Figure Guy Tour signing, there was a guy that had three of them for you to sign. Yeah. So, yeah. I just thought it was awesome that hear, like, wrestler stories about, like, growing up, being a fan of yours and collecting and how big of an impact something like your action figure was on a kid like this. That yeah. grew up to be a champion. Yes. So. It's nice to hear these things, Jimbo. You're, you're, that was, that was uh, that, I appreciate you doing that. And what? tell me um, real quick, uh, what's the name of the podcast? The Major Wrestling Figure Podcast. Major Wrestling Figure Podcast yes. with Zach Ryder and, and Kurt Hawkins. Yes. Yeah. So um, thank you, fellas. Thank you, Zach and Kurt. I'll send that to them and we'll get their reaction. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so um, uh, yeah, there's a few other things. Um, how much time we got, Marcus? We got about 15 minutes. All right, uh, real quick uh, before we talk about Roman, uh, let's, let's talk about Daniel Cormier real quick. All right, so Daniel Cormier may be a future WWE commentator. In a recent press conference for UFC 230, he basically said that the short notice fight that that he had with uh, that he's going to have with Derek Lewis actually kind of pushed back some plans for him to audition to become a WWE commentator. So apparently, he also said that this is something that he would very much love to do. He would love to work with the WWE, as we know he's always been a huge fan of the sport. Yep. Still is. We know that. And one of the cool things that he did say was that his dream or something that he would really like is to have Vince yelling in his in his ear and then he also said someone asked a reporter asked him hey you know you know would you face Brock would you lose to Brock at WWE in WWE and he basically said I won't lose to him in UFC I won't lose to him in WWE no matter what I will no sell him and he will never pin me huh well that's what that's what one would say and that's one what one should say but you know you kind of uh yeah people think that uh, i'm not going to do this i'm not going to do that when they walk into a meeting with events hey, i'm holding my i'm sticking to my guns on this one you walk in there you got bamboozled and you get like vince vince just bamboozled you and then you you do what he, you do what you said you weren't going to do and you thank him for it on the way out the door that's how that works. So, so what are your see? thoughts on adding him to the commentary team? Well, I think it could be really good. I, but like, 
you know, uh, we were talking about this. I was mentioning there was more to the story as to even why the uh, Fox was wanting the, uh, DC on there. And it was, you know, a story that, that I read. I don't know if it was Dave Meltzer or somebody that first reported it, but um, uh, the gist of it is is that Fox wants DC on the SmackDown broadcast team. And they also want the campy humor aspect of SmackDown to be toned down and more of an uh, athletic contest sporting uh, feel to it, which is like exactly the opposite of what Vince Mann wants his vision of, of this. So that's it's a little bit uh, – it's not surprising that Fox wants that. It's surprising that like it's – in you the know, works. Yeah, that it's like, okay, we're going to do this. I'm interested to see what a SmackDown with that kind of a feel uh, looks like and whether DC, uh, Daniel Cormier on the, con- on the broadcast team. I think, honestly, from personal opinion, I think it'd be great because he already has hosting. He already has, you know, a hosting experience. He was on UFC Tonight on FS1. He's done other various UFC events, that sort of thing. And the fact that he has that, he has a sports knowledge. He brings legitimacy. He's an actual fan. I mean, he checks off all the all the all the boxes. Yeah, I just I wouldn't I wouldn't get ahead of myself here though. Like that Lewis fight, that's going to be tough for him. Uh, I don't care. Anyone says, man, that guy's got some hands on him, you know. Um, uh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how that. I don't know if that has any like how you know the the outcome of that fight has any bearing on whether Dan, you know, because Daniel Cormier is still Daniel Cormier, whether he, you know, wins or loses. Wins or loses. You know, he's one of the all-time greats that's ever fought. My only so. issue with this, I think he'd be great on the commentary team, especially like him and Mar- Mauro Ronaldo would be a fantastic <laughs> team. But if that's their goal is to make it more of like a fight feel, the wrestlers in the ring have to be giving you that story to tell. You know what I'm saying? So SmackDown wrestlers have to be performing for that style of commentary, if that makes any sense. I think they could probably like, find if balance. Like a comedy match going on. You can't be like, "Oh man, these strikes!" And like, this guy has a background in judo or blah blah blah. If there's a comedy match, but if they're giving you the tools, you could easily like tell the story. Mm-hmm. That's just yeah. my opinion. Right. But. Right. So moving on, you know, usually here on the show, I feel we're usually excited to talk about the news. You know. Excited to give our opinions, that sort of thing. But this time, it it doesn't feel that way at all because, you know, as a lot of people know, it's pretty much been all over the news. And for those of you guys who obviously watched Raw, Roman Reigns has officially, well, not officially, he's announced that he is relinquishing the Universal Championship because he is battling leukemia. Roman Reigns has been living with leukemia for 11 years. He was diagnosed at 22 years old, and just recently it's gone back into remission. Therefore, he is, as of right now, leaving, step away, focus on his health, be with his family and his friends and his close ones. Um, you Roman know, Reigns is only 33 years old right now. He's older than that. No, uh, I said that he had, he had it when he was 22 years old. The, when he first got the leukemia, he was diagnosed at 22. But he says he's had it for 11 years. Been living with it for 11 years now. Yeah, he's much older. Yeah, he's older than 33. So he he went on to say that, you know, he 
thanks the fans. He obviously said that when he was when he was first diagnosed with this, he had no job, he had no money, he had no home, he had a baby on the way. He football was done with him. Yeah. That was it. WWE was the only ones that gave him an opportunity. He basically said that this. Um, he thanked WWE for everything that they did, taking a chance on him. He said that. Even though, you know, obviously, you know, fans were happy or booing him or whatever with him, how they ever reacted. He said he was always happy and thankful for that because they always reacted to him, period. He yeah. said this was not a retirement speech and that he is going to, once he's done whooping leukemia, he is going to come back. After this, Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins came out to hug him. Obviously, you can tell from you can tell from a lot of what happened that not a lot of people knew it was a very tight, tight circle on the people that probably knew about him and and his leukemia backstage afterwards on a WWE.com exclusive they did have a video where uh, Triple H Shawn Michaels Paul Heyman Nia Jax Braun Strowman Finn the list goes on and on of people yeah, just going it. hugging him and they basically guided they they videotaped him with everybody in the backstage and then guiding him back to his rental car yeah and he was all embarrassed because they said oh it was last minute so I didn't even get a full-size SUV yeah so like, really that's what you're thinking about right now <laughs> And then they even cut it off right before they showed the. They did so, show the, U- the SUV, just the back end of it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, boy, that. So I tuned in last night, and I tuned in like probably seconds after he mentioned um, leukemia. So I didn't even. I'm like, what? What's going on here? You know, like. Um, and the people are, thank you, Roman. And I'm like, what are they doing? You know, thank you, Roman. They're usually shitting all over him. You know, what's going on here? And then, like, at the end when he said that, like, so I heard, like, most of the promo without knowing the beginning part of the, you know, leukemia thing. And, um, and then, you know, when you know somebody, and, and, and especially, not just when you know them, but when they're a part of your fraternity, um, even if you're you have an age gap, generation gap, whatever, these people are still our you know our brothers and sisters, and uh, and we love each other, you know, and especially like for me the the family that I know I family, um, been very good to me, and uh, and you know like Rikishi was in here and we were talking about that with with him when he was here and just you know that whole family, and. Uh, so it was a, it was like someone kicked me in the balls, you know. And then you, so you sit there and and you think about what this guy's going through and what you know, you know his his wife and his daughter and, and all that they're going through and and uh, and and just you know to go out there and tell everyone that this is what's going on and do it with head held high and you know not breaking down not that there's anything wrong with uh breaking down and shedding a tear out there you know uh cuz that's fine too but just to be able to go out there and and keep it together and tell everyone what you have to tell them you know like that um goddamn that's got to be hard you know I mean, I, it's it's hard to it's hard to watch that, you know, and and it just fucks you up for the rest of the night. Like if I mean, I'm speaking for myself here, you know, I was just like, ugh, ugh. Um, so eleven years of 
of that he was in remission for this and uh you know i'm not a huge expert on cancer and uh you know leukemia is a form of blood cancer um i know a little bit about that i'm not going to share why on the air but um so like that that's 11 years and then it comes back and so um you know I imagine that all the best like things available like all the the you know the best that medicine has to offer are going to be available available for for him and uh you know I mean we're just uh, going to uh proceed with the attitude and belief that he's going to come through this and uh make uh make a complete recovery and this thing's going to go into remission again and we're going to see um we're going to see uh, you know we'll see him back and the main thing was forget about seeing him back in the ring let's just make sure that uh his daughter has a father can grow up with a father hmm <sighs> Yeah, that's the part that's the, the worst thing about, you know, as you're going out there and you're gone. You're gone for two, 250, 300 days a year out here busting your hump to try to, you know, provide for your family. And then, you know, and so then when we're gone and our and our, and our kids, they miss their father when he's gone, you know, or their mother or whoever. And then... You know, um, this happens, and, you know, there's a possibility. <sighs> there's a possibility that, you know, a daughter can lose her father that, you know, has been gone out there, you know, busting his ass, you know, a lot. And uh, uh, that sucks to think about right now. Sorry, I'm just kind of going. I don't mean to go into a like, sad place here. It's just, um, it just hurts when you, even the people that are kind of assholes and, and, and that you, like, I, I've said this before, like, like that I don't really even like that much. Man, if they're going through this, my heart hurts for them and their families, you know, and, and, and I want to do something for them like, if I can. Uh, and that's the people like that I don't even really like, you know. But they're one of us, and so when it, when you know it comes to this guy, and and I've been a big proponent, like and people, sh you know, let's let's not forget here that you know up until yesterday, people have been pretty shitty to this guy, you know, uh, and so let's not forget that. Because there's a lot of people that are listening and watching this right now that fall into that category. There's a lot of people on online on social media that, on commenting about this, like, "Hey, man, I still hate the way that you're booked, but I, I hope the best for you." Like, that, how about go fuck yourself? They can't. You just, can't even not say that. Like, can you not put that aside for one second? I can't stand it. No, like, go fuck yourself, whoever that is. I think the best tweet I saw was something that said like. This just goes to show you, you never know what someone's going through. Yeah. At all. And yeah. to think how long he's been trying to keep this inside, yes. trying to work through this, trying and to you, get and, and, and you guys, I don't think you understand just how much it hurt this guy.
when he would come back from going out there and fucking giving everything he has and the people shit on him, you know? And I've been there. I've been in the fucking gorilla position when this guy's come back and just like just brokenhearted because he's gone out there and he's just like, I'm just not connecting with it. Like, it, it, it's, it's fucking heartbreaking to see that somebody going out there and trying to connect with the people and it not happening like that. And it's not just to not connect, but they are shitting all over him. His match with Brock Lesnar, for example, at WrestleMania. Yeah, yes. And and I'm just saying, like, and, and there's reasons for it, and yeah. But let's not, like, just all of a sudden, like, be on the Roman train and, and completely forget that you were shitting all over him. Just fucking day before that's all i'm saying so sorry i didn't mean to actually i'm not sorry fuck that i'm not sorry for saying all that but do you think that maybe it's partly like this is an on-screen thing and you know there's good guys and there's bad guys i guess you can say and then there's the whole other because you know when he made this announcement on okay when he first came out on raw people were still booing him and then he comes out and says the leukemia thing and everybody just like changes like yeah like this is real so you know yeah like okay you've booed them and so and so x amount of times but now this is a real thing and this is real happening and that's like a different person and this is real Mm -hmm. life so i feel that that's the mentality that okay no this is real like this is you know yeah and i'm sure some people feel bad and i'm just fine with them feeling bad and maybe feeling like an asshole actually so and not that they were wrong for having their feeling like but just it was so mean you know the 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 hatred room was so fucking nasty like and personal yeah so now i mean i guess like what do you think this means now moving forward in terms of wwe's i guess you can say in a business aspect you know roman reigns is the was is was is the face of the company and what does this mean now for the future obviously they already had plans i like i mentioned earlier not a lot of people knew about this or if they did very very little people knew about this so what does this mean now oh they can always pivot you know at any point because i mean that's that's kind of how they operate now because there's always a chance that somebody's going to go down with an injury or an illness or, you know, um, not so much like some kind of a scandal or, you know, like an Enzo type of thing. But, uh, you know, that there is the, you know, outlying possibility of that silly shit happening too, but mainly just, you know, injuries and things like that. So, uh, you're going to always have to have a plan B and like, I see a big ass plan B in, in Braun Strowman. I think I, I think they'll go with him. You really think Maybe. He'll, he'll be like the next guy? Because I I kind of like I love Braun Strowman, but I kind of just saw him like as a placeholder until they found the next. I don't person. mean, no, but I think he might end up with the title. Is what I'm. The oh yeah, 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 for sure, yeah. for sure. But yeah. I mean, in terms of actually becoming like the face of the company, you know. Mm, I don't know. Like, it's not that that I can see him in that spot. And I could see him in it a lot more like a, a year ago. I, I just I I have serious question what like like the creative use of him uh, in in the past several months. You know, um, I think he's been watered down a bit. Actually, not that it can't be uh, you know, uh, restored, up. but 
Marcus, any, any, um, do you have any opinion you want to share on this? Well, I, I, I know that Braun Strowman seems like a, a good next choice for, for Universal Champion. They already set up a future feud with him and Drew McIntyre. Whether that's that's going to be the first match back or, or, or the first title defense that Braun gets if he wins the championship is, is yet to be seen. But with what they did with Dean and Seth last night, also set up another top-tier feud instantly, and uh, it's sort of shatters the shield however you want to call it but it it's they're presenting a lot of top level world title level feuds that uh that could sort of pad out until there is a quote one the guy yeah and i don't see that uh i don't see that ambrose rollins feud needing a championship uh technically there's two involved since they're the raw tag team champions and seth is the intercontinental champion oh shit (laughs) yeah like they, I mean, that doesn't need any anything like that to dress it up, really. No. So, so they they could they could vacate the tag titles or something like that, and I think you know what'd be kind of cool if they were made to still defend them. <laughs> yeah, like there's like no, I'm not going out there with them. Yeah. Well, you have to. Uh huh. Yeah, that could be interesting. And they still fucking start fighting with each other, and you know, I like it. I like a tag team like that. That like you know the partner. Okay, like they can not like each other. It's like members of a band that hate each other. You know, right before they went out on stage, they got they were in a fist fight or you know, shit like that. Because that's what that's real life, you know. So. Yeah, I think that if anything, I think Seth Rollins, Seth Rollins, Seth Rollins is one of the you know the most over guys on Raw. So I think his name along with Drew McIntyre would be one of the guys mm-hmm. that I would think like, okay, they're probably going to be the next like yeah. top guy. You know, mm-hmm. we've already said it. Drew McIntyre has everything, but Seth is super over. So it's kind of like, yeah. You know, it, it, it kind of sucks, though, to talk about it because you're like, oh, who's going to be the next person? Who's going to be the next person? But it's like... It it's sucks. like because everyone feels... I There might be a... There might be a feeling of, I don't want to be that person that looks like I'm one of the buzzards circling over, uh, you know, like, over uh, like a wounded prey. Like, okay, Ro- you know, Roman's got this situation. So, okay, let's swoop in and take a spot. You know, no one wants to look like that, but everyone wants the spot. Yeah. So. It's unfortunate. I think Seth, like you said, is probably next in line, especially with the heel, like Dean turning on him, making him the babyface. Dean's the heel. He easily could be the face of WWE, for mm-hmm. sure. I wonder if this is going to change the medical testing for athletes there. Why? Because, like, like. Did they know? Like, oh, I will. You know, like, I'm are they going to dig I'm, deeper into things to see if anyone has? I'm I'm going to go out on them and say that WWE probably knew that was a situation at one time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then as like it got more yeah, severe, but I mean, you're in remission. You're yeah. in remission. You're perfectly healthy. Yeah. Like that's just it. Like he didn't have leukemia. Like mm-hmm. you know, for a while. So for a long for eleven years, right? Yeah. Was in remission for that long? Yeah. No. Diagnosed at 22. He said he was living with it for 11 years. Yeah. So, And one of the things, too, that I also thought was he never, when he was trying to get over with the fans, he never used that, like, That's the right. cancer card. He never played the cancer card. And now looking at it, you're like, man, he could have played the cancer card, you know. Made had that can- part of his story. Right. Exactly. Right? Never did. That's right. They just came out of nowhere. Yeah. Well, and I think that's why this promo was so good because he's like, "I'm not Roman Reigns, I'm Joe, man. 
this is me. I love Joe. Like, Joe's what, Joe, like, he should just be Joe. Yeah, like, what everyone could connect to. Like, yeah, you're just like us. Oh, wow, you're going through, sh- oh, wow, dude, that's deep. And you still have to show up for work every day, going through this every day. And it gave people, like... He should come back as Joe. Relate. He should just come back as Joe on the way. Not, not just Joe. <laughs> not, not just Joe, Joe but Joe. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Joe, 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 Joe. It's easy to chant. Yeah. Because <laughs> he will be back. The other Samoa Joe? Yeah, I was going to say, what about Samoa Joe, though? <laughs> Samoan <laughs> Joseph. Samoan Joseph. <laughs> well, yeah, but anyways, that's pretty much that. Yeah. And... and um. I stand by my like you know initial uh, assessment of Roman Reigns when he was still in FCW and developmental, and I'm like, this is the guy. And I had people shit all over me for that over the past few years, you know. Um, but you know, um, I know what I saw. So it's everyone else's fault for not buying it. <laughs> I'm just kidding with that. Uh, anyway, say hey, uh, I think we're done for the. I think we are. Yeah, I think we're done. Well, I want to thank everyone for following us on social media at The Real Xbox. I mean, we're just done for the week. <laughs> thank you Not guys forever. for all participating in our pin giveaway. All of you that have gotten your pins, please continue to post pictures of where you're pinning them and where you're sticking the stickers I sent you. Uh, Use the hashtag XPOC12360. Sean will be in Alamo City Comic Con this weekend, October 26th through the 28th, and Rhode Island. At the. No, that's in San Antonio. Okay, at Alamo City. And then Rhode Island, November yeah. 2nd through the 4th. Rhode that, Island Comic Con. Yes. yes. And at Alamo City Comic Con this week, I will be at the Heroes and Fantasies booth. Yeah, that I sounds think. right. Yeah. <laughs> something like that. Sounds like some kind of an adult toy thing <laughs> or something. They're like, this guy says, suck it. We want him. Yeah. All right. Follow so. me on Twitter at Jamil Awesome. You guys can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at underscore Denise Salcedo and YouTube.com slash Denise Salcedo. As always, come chat with me. And real quick, I just wanted to say go fuck yourself to whoever broke into your truck, Denise. Oh, no, <laughs> man. You don't even know. I haven't felt my heart hit my chest so hard in forever. I was walking by myself when I found the car like that oh, no. at night. At and least I, you didn't walk up onto him actually doing it. Well, yeah, I'm thankful, but I did have to check to see if there was someone in the car, period. It, it oh. was terrible. They slashed my car window. Stole a bunch of stuff? They stole all my giveaway items. Everything I purchased from Lucha Expo, gone. DVDs, gone. Makeup, gone. My brand new tripod, gone. Just ordered off a new one off Amazon. And worst of all, they ruined the window. Mm. That really got me. I'm not one for wishing harm on somebody, but maybe this time. (laughs) Fuck that guy or whoever those people. It was more than one guy, too. I know for sure. Yeah, and I'm assuming it was men because, you know, it's usually men that do fucked up shit. Yeah, and they left all this grassy mess inside of my car, too. I just mm. have to clean that. <laughs> Savages. All right. Love you guys. We'll see you right here next week on X-Pac 12360. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, Sean Waltman, producers Mark B. Donica, Jimbo Frank, and the entire X-Pac 12360 staff, we would like to thank you for tuning in. Like us on Facebook, rate and comment on iTunes and YouTube. Follow XPOC on Twitter at The Real XPOC and email us at XPOC12360show at gmail.com. The Westwood One Podcast Network.